Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast, where your stories are heard. I am your host, Angel of Words, and before we get started, don't forget to click on that notification bell, like, follow, share on YouTube, share these messages, it's important. Now, you could also uh, follow us on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you want to go check out our exclusive uh content at the website it is uh com. you'll be able to catch the blog and uh purchase some of the merchandise there and if you want to leave a, a donation to the angel of words podcast and support your content creator it is cash app a-o-w-n-y-c now on deck on the angel of words podcast it is my pleasure to introduce Noor Shikari, the owner of Citrico in Brooklyn. Hello, Ms. Shikari. It is a pleasure to have you in the studio. It is great to see you and talk to you. I'm so excited to it be here. It is great to finally have somebody in the restaurant industry come and speak to me. We're so excited <laughs> to be out. <laughs> I am telling you, it's been a crazy two years. It has been a crazy two years, and those two years, uh, many people may not know this, but I've spent over 12 plus years working in the restaurant industry. I'm finally recording a podcast about something I actually know something about. You're just excited <laughs> as I am. Man. I really am. <laughs> I want to know what's been going on because I literally retired like, you know, two months before the pandemic, three months before the pandemic. And then this all happened. And I'm like, oh, my God, my people. What's going on? This is crazy. <laughs> like, you know, th those are my people. And, you know, you stayed in the business. You own a place. You own it in New York. It's been crazy in New York with the restaurants for, uh, I would say, since the pandemic started. You had to adjust. Things have been insane. Thank you, number one, for being here. You still have the restaurant. I want to know how were you able to hang on to it with everything that's gone on. You said no loaded questions. <laughs> oh, well, no, no. I mean, I'm here to listen now. <laughs> uh, it, 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 was, it was a crazy yeah. time. Um, I, I can sum it up in different phases. So the first was obviously the lockdown where everything just shut down, which for a restaurant, for industry was insane. Um, then we opened back up again. Uh, we had uh, the outdoor seating. Uh, we had limited capacity inside. And right as soon as we were getting our bearings on that, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we got, we were open at 25% and we got shut down indoors again. And um, we were only allowed to sit outdoors. And this is right as the temperatures are falling, uh, winter is coming. And, um, you know, for a restaurant that didn't have an outdoor space before, and I'm, I'm a small place and the tables are very close to the kitchen. Now, all of a sudden, our tables, our customers are really far away from us, far away from where, you know, all their food is being prepared, which was one of the things that we love about our place. And we like to do best is that you can watch your food being prepared while you're at the table. It's part of it. Um, now, everyone, you know, our customers are so far out from us. Uh, it was really it was really difficult to 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 get. It was really difficult to get. Um, readjusted to almost what was like a new business. Wow. Wow. Okay, now now we're talking about having to build outside. So you built outside. I did. Of your place. Yeah. And that costs money. That was an investment. <laughs> and it was it was a decision you know? to make that investment. Um and I didn't make it right at the beginning. I think okay. I made it a little bit later than I should have. Okay. 
Um, but it did get us through the winter because uh, at first, uh, you know, with the warmer weather, you're able to sit outside. You don't need as much as you do, you know, once the temperatures start dropping. So I did it just in the nick of time. Um, it got us through the winter. And then, uh, you know, we all had really high hopes for 2021. Unfortunately, it's still been a struggle and, 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 and an uphill battle for so many different reasons. Uh, now, I think we're struggling with these uh, vaccine mandates sort of. I mean, I tell uh, everyone that I talk to, I opened a place to be able to serve tacos and margaritas and have a good time. And now I got to ask people for information that they may not wanting to give just for them to be able to <laughs> patron my place. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh <laughs> We're going to go back, though. We're going to go back a little bit because I because, you know, I you know, I live in a place where there's a lot of restaurants in the part of Queens where I'm at. Now, I'm seeing all these places built outside. What's the rules behind that, though? Because you're not, you know, I remember working at restaurants that had busy outdoors and they had to shut down the side street of their outdoors because it took up too much space and people couldn't walk. So, like, what are the rules behind that? How come they let you guys build outside and are you going to be able to keep that? Well, as I mentioned, we didn't have outdoor space before because okay. we're in front of a bus stop, a covered Got bus it. stop. And yeah. so we didn't have the space for it. You know, you need a certain amount of space on the sidewalk. OK, so what we're doing is we have something that's called part of the open streets program. So we're literally okay. in the street. OK, um, so, we, the, so uh, the open streets program, is that a new thing? Is that what happened during the pandemic? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. That's what happened. OK, OK, OK. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And, and even to have a sidewalk cafe, especially with liquor, you have to pay everything you need. You have to have a license. So uh, once the pandemic came, they they waived all those fees. And now you can sit people outside. You can serve outside and you don't have to pay for it. Well, that was nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that was very nice were the cocktails to go, which unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, we can't do. Yeah, anymore. but you got to you got to blame a story for that. Jesus Christmas, man. That was mayhem out here. Yeah. A lot of people took advantage and people were walking down the streets like it's Bourbon Street. And you're from New Orleans, ain't you? Like you spent a lot of time. There. I did. I lived in New Orleans for two <laughs> you years. You must have been loving that. Huh? Yeah. I didn't see a problem with it, honestly. I thought things were, you know, really working out. But um, in the area where we are, it was wasn't as much of a problem. And I am i can't remember now exactly when they took away. It feels more recent than Christmas. It feels yeah. like we made it into 2021 with that license. And almost just now as the weather was getting warmer is when I had to start turning people away um, for the cocktails to go. But I have to say it's nice to have people come and stay and drink with us than just take it to go. Yeah. We miss our customers a lot. I mean, that's how you connect. That's how you build the brand. That's how you build the restaurant situation. Absolutely. Wow, Noor, this sounds crazy. Oh, my God. What were the stress levels like? What were the anxiety levels like? God, I want to know how you're doing. Like, honestly. Now I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it was very stressful, um, you know, because as a business owner, a large part of it is also like protecting your employees. You need them a lot. I recognize that from the beginning. And there were a couple of people that just said, I'm sorry, I can't come to work. I'm scared. You know, I'm scared to come to work, especially our delivery guys. Yeah. You know, I'm scared. Delivery was the only business we were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning in March, if you think about it, if you remember, we couldn't. No, we, definitely. We couldn't That's the anything. only thing that you could do. Luckily, people love tacos here in New York City. Those were the most thriving businesses, by the way, out of all the types of food. I believe tacos it. were the ones winning. Yeah. You guys were winning. Thank yeah. God you have that type of restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so we got lucky so was that able to hold you down for a little bit? That held us down. But honestly, the big thing was the cocktails to go. Gotcha. I mean, you tell a New Yorker that you can bring them a fish taco and a margarita to their doorstep while they're in lockdown. And it was great. We Yeah. 
we, we that was definitely great but but yeah like i was saying you know to have your employees come tell you that they're scared to come to work and you have to respect that there's nothing that you can do and so that was also a difficult thing was the, our main business was delivering food to people and the people that have to do that um are the ones that are putting themselves on the line to do it um so so yeah so we had a couple of instances in which people were you know unfortunately they resigned because they they didn't want to and and the worst part was I also had to let people go because I had to let most of my front of house staff go because there was no more front of house. Everything uh -huh. was just kitchen and out the door and delivery. So, like I said, there was a lot of adjustments. And were you paying that unemployment insurance? Like, do you have like how does that unemployment situation work from the business side when that happens? Yeah. Um, okay. So you pay unemployment throughout when so when you start opening your doors it's like a pool you know it goes into all the businesses in new york go it goes into that um and then when someone um applies for unemployment um you sort of have to verify it as a business you don't get anything deducted from you right away because you've been paying into it right that's why it's insurance um you pay for it so that when someone needs it who used to work for you the money's there for them but i assume that um just like the extent of unemployment at this you know it'll it'll be something that we'll be feeling in the future a lot those insurance rates going up, I mean. Wow, man, that's that's crazy. Were they sad? Your like your close staff, like what was what was that like? You know, mentally dealing with you know letting people go. That's tough. They were sad. I was sad. Um, and 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 we still had to, and some of us, you know, we still had to go to work every day. And so and it was hard having to go there and having them not there. Um, but. Uh, but I, I do have to say that the ones that were there, I'm very grateful to them. And um, I won't I won't ever forget my staff from, you know, from the lockdown. Um, some of them are still with me and some of them have have moved on. But um, those are the people that uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without. I, and no restaurant wouldn't able to do it without those people that said, like, yeah, I'll come to work. And shout out to those essential yeah, workers. Like, absolutely. honestly, for real. Absolutely. It was insane. You know me, I'm, I like to go get my food, like to have to order it all the time if I wanted to order something. I mean, I, I cooked a lot more during the pandemic, like a lot more, like every day kind of deal. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what's worse, me cooking or me ordering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to go get, I mean, either yeah. way, you have to go, you know, essential workers yeah. are the people in the grocery yeah. stores as well so that you yeah. can go get your food and come home and cook it if you so choose. Wow. Um. And And yeah, you know. It, it was it's a, a phrase that I think we'll, we won't ever forget is support your essential workers. Yeah. Um, but those essential workers have like faces to me and names yeah. and people that I won't forget ever. Wow, man. Wow. Nor. Wow. And what was it like hiring people? I mean, so people are leaving during the pandemic. Did you hire people like, you know, did you have to or were you doing a complete yourself? hiring freeze? Complete hiring freeze. Complete okay, hiring so you freeze. went with the per the people you had. Yeah, I went with the people so I had. So what if you got too busy with the deliveries? What if happened? You go out there and deliver it yourself? I what? Oh man, yeah. I knew it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delivering. You know, people are delivering on foot. Oh um, wow. How far people... how far did you how far do you deliver? What's like what's your radius where you're at? The radius kept getting bigger and bigger. Oh, you, you were know? like you you guys were like going no yeah. more bar. You didn't care if you wanted citric coat, we're giving it Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. And and the thing is, I mean, in some ways there was a lot of understanding. People were willing to wait for their food because they knew yeah. that we were hustling to try to get it to them and we were coming from far away. That sort of like tapping, you know, like where is my food? That was gone. People were just so happy that 
we went to them or that we were still open for them to come pick it up. Um, that 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 was the only part that wasn't as anxiety producing was kind of we were able to keep our customer service because our customers were so understanding. I mean, wow. you kind of had to be right. I mean, you I mean, you didn't because there's so many people, you know, that that were suffering from the same ordeal. So if you were hungry, you would go to a closer person. But you're lucky you have low. But I hear your tacos are good, though. That's probably why they were waiting. Yeah. I hear they're absolutely sensational. Like that That's the spot yeah. in Brooklyn Well, right we now. make our tortillas by hand. Oh, my God. And that's rare, here. too. Yeah. You don't see that often. You see Michelin star restaurants doing that. You don't see, you know, uh, I mean, I would call you mom and pop because, you know, it's a family-owned business. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. know, fast casual yeah. or small operation. We're nothing yeah. big. But um, sometimes it's just easier to make things from scratch because of the quality control. You don't have oh, to, Oh, man, you know? that's true. It's, God, people forget about it's that. It's fresh, you know. And that was the whole that was the whole uh, concept uh, of the restaurant. That's why we started it, you know, is to change the perception of Mexican food in this country. That it's not, you know, Taco Bell. It's not, like, fast, yeah. greasy, crispy tortillas all the time. Mexican cuisine actually has a lot of vegetarian, a lot of fresh qualities. And it's not fast to be at all. It's very laborious if you do it right. No, it really so, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of time. No, because you, you really have to, like, you know, in terms of, like, the pepper situation, there's, like, a process oh, yeah. to making sure that you extract those flavors from these peppers. It's Absolutely. not like a, a, you know, like, you put them on the stove and you, <laughs> you saute them for a little while. Absolutely. And if you're works. not the one doing, yeah. you know, if you're not the one doing sauteing then it's difficult to control that quality and I think that that's something that also helped us was just like since we did everything ourselves um, we didn't have to rely too much on supply chain um, you know we were able to keep things and we were doing it for ourselves so we we struggled a little bit at the beginning with the fresh ingredients um, such as which which fresh ingredients were these it was different every time okay. Okay. like some days there would just be no cilantro just can't man, get you can't have Mexican without cilantro. You can't find oh, it. Man. And so we're struggling. How do you going, get around that? Me, I'm going to grocery stores and oh, buying okay, a bunch right. of so, time. So you made sure you had it. Yeah, like, we're trying. <laughs> okay, but you know, okay. when the guys tell you like, sorry, yeah. we can't bring you any cilantro today. You know, when our suppliers tell us that, you're just kind of like, okay, well, tomorrow then? And they're like, I don't know. It's been a couple weeks since we've seen it. And you're just like, what? That, that, that's depressing. Yeah. God. And the sense, like, the, like, you know, some things we can substitute. Did you like, go to Amazon and look for cilantro? Maybe Amazon had it. <laughs> I definitely went to Amazon and looked for a lot of things. <laughs> but sometimes it was just easier to just go out and get it yourself. God, man. Wow. So there was a cilantro shortage. That must have been terrible. I mean, it, but I, I'm trying to think, like, now I feel... I mean, I felt like I remembered it by week. Like, you know, week A was cilantro, week B was limes, week C was onions, then plum tomatoes. I mean, it was just so many things that not one after the other, but it just always felt like there was something that was missing that then you had to kind of go out and, and get. And so, again, that's what I talk about grocery stores, because I spent a lot of my time in grocery stores picking up those ingredients that I couldn't get brought to me. Um, and there were people there, you know. Well, thank God the grocery stores had them because they could have been going through the same situation as you. Sometimes they were. Sometimes you had to go to a couple different ones just to get what you needed. Oh, my God, man. What the owners had to go through through this pandemic. I'm telling you, I've been waiting for this conversation forever, man. Yeah. <laughs> because, I, cause, you know, you, you know, we work together, you know. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Nor is my favorite supervisor I've ever had <laughs> at the restaurant industry. And no shade to everyone. Well, female, because then I have Will. Shout out to you, Will. I know you're going to get jealous if I say that. But Will and Noor, so Will's male and Noor's a female. You're the best female, you know. 
It felt good. You know, it was one of the first times where I felt like I was the teacher's pet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time somebody tried to make me write a negative letter against you. And I was like, nope. Not doing it. <laughs> I don't know if I knew I was that. Like, you but... don't get along with no What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> You're bugging. I am not doing that. <laughs> no, thanks. So, Noor, thank you for being here. Once again, we're talking to Noor Shikari. The owner of Citrico. Now, Noor, what's up with Cuomo? How are you feeling when all of a sudden, like, he's shutting down the Blasio? They're going back and forth. You don't know what's happening as a restaurant owner. What was that like with the politics side of the restaurant ownership? It felt like a fight that um, was about you, but that you didn't have any stake in. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and almost... uh, it was just easier to go and try to get the cilantro and keep your doors open and do what you needed to do than get that involved in something that, like I said, doesn't really feel like it's about you. God, it's like your parents fighting, man. It's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, God, that was terrible. I mean, there were so many things that year, if you think about it, Black Lives Matter. I mean, we had protests in front of the restaurants, um, the politics of it all. Uh, were you giving the the, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement to go margaritas? Though? We were standing outside. <laughs> Look, they were focused. They were not stopping yeah. for margaritas. They were, okay. they were doing something. Okay. But we were standing right. outside cheering them on. Yeah, and it was cool. good to see that camaraderie and, like, have people... You know, out there doing stuff because we had been at that point. So, know, what part of Brooklyn place. are you in? Um, we're in Prospect Heights. Okay, so it's uh, right by the Brooklyn Museum. Oh, There's beautiful! Like a main, yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful place. God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Good area. oh, wow! Really, I love that area. That's like one of my favorite favorite areas in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's great. like almost near Park Slope, right? That's like, not too far. It's away. It's like a, a neighborhood or two away. Yeah, a neighborhood yeah, or two away, like on, that whole know. like strip or whatever. Yeah, wow, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Well, you know, now that we're talking about that, what was it like with the landlord situation? That must have been nuts because you're not making the same, you're not generating the same revenue. So were they nice about it with the leases? Were they, you know, not so nice about it? I heard some horror stories, but um, we've been in business at that point for seven years. So I had a good, um, you know, a good relationship with my landlord. And um, it wasn't a management company. It was like an individual. Oh, nice. Um, So he was very understanding. And, of course, uh, you know, he wanted us to succeed because if we don't succeed, then in lockdown, what's he going to do? So. So, yeah, I think my situation was better than most in which my landlord was patient with me until, um, you know, until we were able to to get back on our feet. Now, what do you mean by patient? Did they lower the lease money? Like, you know, like, were they just giving you an extension type of deal? What was that? Yeah, more like extension. Oh, there was God. no lowering. <laughs> it, was a more, it was a moratorium. It wasn't really like, yeah, oh, you know, you could chop down five, honey, whatever the case may be. Absolutely wow, not. But they crazy. were really glad to have us have our doors open because that was not the case. I mean, my neighbor yeah. is a bar um, that had a lot of live performances. Um, and he had to unfortunately close his doors because even couldn't do anything to go his whole situation was that people came to him to have an experience you know to watch a show or um see a comedian or do karaoke whatever it was that night he had to close his doors and that was kind of happening all around me that sucks that yeah. sounds like an awesome place man i'm <laughs> mad i never heard about that spot the way station absolutely really? yeah. so they're no longer in existence no no they closed their doors and oh, um you know right man. at lockdown because um the future seemed uh, bleak for them. And so, but that was the case with a lot of places all, all around me. I felt like there were businesses all around us, you know, in the restaurant. I felt like there were businesses that were closing their doors 
for the unforeseeable future. So if you were one of the places that got to stay open, I think, um, you know, if their landlords weren't, they should have been very thankful to have you. And how did that make you feel, losing your neighbors, man? That sucks, oh, too, because you build camaraderie with them. You build you. camaraderie. Their clients become your clients. Your clients become their clients. You know, that's the whole thing in any industry. When you group together in an area, you help each other out. And so it's, it, it felt pretty lonely. Felt pretty lonely for a while. Oh, God. That's tough to hear. Do you still talk to them? Or are, they try, are they trying to do yeah, something no, else? He, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ones that um, that we had good relationships with, some of them came back. And um, the business owners that didn't pursued other passions. So I think that's the thing about being an entrepreneur and a small business owner is that you're never short on dreams and passion. And um, even when you fall on hard times, you can get back up again and do something else that fulfills you. My, now, now I want to move on to the, uh, you know, that that's... That's great. I hope they did find any first. Let me say that. Let me. I hope that they did find something that that makes them have a purpose. Because you know, once you lose your purpose, it's tough. You yeah. know what I mean to continue on with things, man. But I want to talk about the vendor situation. Like you know, in terms of like, I understand you had the problem with cilantro, but what about the glassware things of that nature? Where like, yeah. where you like, yo, take it easy, don't break this, because yeah. like, yo, we never know when we're gonna get. We had to be very conservative. And the funny thing is, right, so we don't have um, people coming indoors anymore. So there's no real need for silverware. There's no real need for purchasing glassware and things again. But all of a sudden, you need a lot of to-go forks and knives. You need a lot of plastic cups. You need a lot of to-go containers. You want to be, like, environmentally responsible because all of a sudden your usage of throwaways is going up so much. And I don't think anyone was really prepared for that. So you could do margaritas to go, but if you don't have a plastic cup to put it in, how are you going to serve it? Um, so that was another shortage was being able to, and it was funny because one week it was like, oh, the, the cups are not coming in. And then the next week it was like, the lids are not coming in and straws aren't coming in. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, you know, I can laugh now, but it, it was pretty stressful <laughs> because this is your lifeblood, you know, and then you don't have all the materials that you need to make it happen. And you so desperately want to, um, that you, you you really, you have to hustle to make sure that you can keep your doors open during that time. Wow. So you were driving around the city every day, I would imagine, trying to look for things that were missing. Yeah, sometimes. And then every once in a while, like I said, it was, it was very supportive. Um, so if I was missing something, I could possibly go to another business and say, hey, do you have, you know, I just need like, you know, one ream of glasses for today of to-go yeah. cups. You know, as soon as my order comes in, I'll pay you back. And you're just crossing your order, your fingers that your order comes in before, you know, they, they really need it because you don't want to put them, you know, in a yeah. difficult position. But you guys were helping each other yeah, out. Like yeah, yeah, we were helping oh, each other man, out. I love yeah. that. Because th those are things that we did even before the pandemic, right? Okay. We run out of something and you have to go get it. But the problem was now you didn't really know when you could pay it back. So um, so so that was a little bit stressful. But uh, but yeah, but there was a lot of a, lo a lot of support. Wow, no, that sounds crazy. It was. It felt like a little wild, wild west. It's just like running across the street to see who has, you know, a fork, knife, and a salt packet so that you can put it in your to-go or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, but but and you had to come up with a whole new way of of doing almost everything, you know, like people ordering, they couldn't come into the store and order. Um, yeah, we had we had completely closed our doors and we had signs posted saying like call this number and place your order over the phone. So you have people standing outside placing orders and then you just kind of crack the door open and hand them their food and they hand you, you know, trying to do touchless pay. It was, it was crazy. Noah, 
And I'm noticing that a lot of restaurants are continuing serving indoors with plastic and aluminum. Are you guys doing that? We're not doing that. Um, okay. But I can I can understand why. Yeah. Because it took a lot to get those systems in place. And then, you know, you, if it works, you keep it. But my thing is, too, like maybe people don't want to pick up dirty dishes because now you have. OK, so now you're serving in. Are you, you're serving indoors, I guess, with the vaccination cards now. right? Yeah. Yeah. OK. So what if people are still nervous and anxious? Your employees like what? I mean, have you hired new employees? Yeah, we do. I have I have a You new have hired of, new employees. Yeah, we have front of okay. house staff now because Be, we're seating indoors. Cuz I actually want to I want to transition into that because now you have to deal with the fact that people may be panicking. So now there's a whole new there's a new whole new hiring process. Yeah. Like well, are you vaccinated? Are you scared of getting corona? Like do you, you know, cuz you have to pick up plates and, you know, absolutely. you don't know if that comes from saliva still, so you know, there's still a lot of studies yet to be done on this disease and you know, there's really not this some kind of clear answers, but we're still learning about it. So well, like, I think that's the scariest part yeah. is how much we don't know, right? But, yeah. Oh. Um, we had a set of rules of things that you need to do, safety precautions. You know, before it was um, from the health department, food temperatures and cooking things to the right temperature. And then all of a sudden now it became about um, protective wear. Do you have uh, gloves for everyone, masks for everyone? Are people socially distancing while they're at work? Um, so we had to do to do those things as well. Um, and then now, yeah, the latest thing is, um, are you vaccinated? You know, can you can you actually work here? And if you can't work here, are you willing to keep your mask on and get tested? Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, we were originally we started out just, you know, tacos and margaritas. And all of a sudden it just got a lot more complicated to do the day to day because you you have a responsibility, not just to your customers, but to your employees as well. Socially distancing. I was listening to that, those reports when, you know, just obviously just watching the news or reading the news or getting my news from social media, whatever the case may be. And I'm hearing social distancing in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, I'm right. telling you, man. I know. Like, if I would have still been in the business, I would have gone nuts. I probably would have retired anyway. This, really, this is what I'm saying. It was really like, how stressful do you social, for the people like, that like, Social distancing in the restaurants, to me, is like an oxymoron. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it was. And then all of a sudden, it completely changed. And so um, it's funny because, like I mentioned, right, we're a small place. And part of the, the, the attraction to it was, like, you come in, you can see your food being prepared. All of a sudden, you're telling people to stay as far away from the people that are preparing your food to keep them safe so that they can continue preparing your food. And so it, it was really, I think there, I'm sure, and this was another thing, I'm sure that there's some kitchens that just were not built out to have socially distanced because people are used to working kind of in really close quarters. Um, in my situation specifically, it actually worked out, you know, because I have a pretty long kitchen. And so people were able to stay on one side and on another side. And we're just kind of trying to do our best. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. We can laugh about it now. Yeah, I know. It, it I, no know, laughing I, matter back I, then. I, you know, I'm just like, it's not laughing. It's more like shock. And that's yeah. how I handle it. You know what I mean? I have to smile about it. And but, it's funny talking about it now. I, I'm like, how did I do that? How do we do that? How did they do that? How do we? It was just and it was just take every day at a time, you know, and the rules were always changing. New things were I mean. I remember also at first, like we locked our doors because we couldn't have anyone inside. People are standing outside ordering food, you know, via the phone, but we're still not wearing masks yet. I mean, there was a time in which we were in lockdown, um, really terrified of coronavirus, but no one was wearing a mask. Mask came later on in the summer. 
Um, so all of a sudden the masks come and the people are that, that have been working this whole time are realizing, well, I've been working next to someone not wearing a mask for almost two months now. And so that was like a whole new panic and a whole new way of doing business now. Now you have to keep your mask on. It's really hard to do customer service when half your face is covered. That is insane. Like, I can't even fathom, like, having to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, the whole time, I'm like, you know, in my, you know, I'm, I'm quarantined. I'm, you know, I'm not out and about. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, man, I got people hitting me up. Like, yo, I'm not working. I'm not working. Everybody that I know that's in the restaurant industry is, you know, on, on either going to unemployment or about to get unemployment. And it was a sad sad situation to see that absolutely you know so when i see these survivor stories because this is essentially a survivor story you know what i mean like i thought i thought it was over for restaurants and then i start seeing them build stuff outside i'm like oh that's cool but how long is the city gonna let them keep that there so is there like an expiration date on the outside things that are being built that was another thing the the dates kept changing so it was hard to think like you're going to invest in a structure that you're going to have to tear down in three months but then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back so now that i remember that's actually one of the reasons also that i started out so late it's like how much money am i going to put into something that i have to remove right um and what i've heard what i think it is now is october 2022 so we'll be able to go through this year and we'll have one more summer outdoors um, and then we'll have to get rid of the the ones that are in the street, right? Um, those will have to be taken down. Um, that, But when we first started, I remember it was September 2020. Then they extended it just one month. Um, it was September, uh, or I'm sorry, October 2020. Then we could go into 2021. And now um, at the beginning of this year, they told us we could stay up until 2022 with our structures outside. And then, you know, you have to protect people also. There's, people are sitting in the street with cars going by. So you have to build something that also protects them. Wow. Are you liable if something goes through there, even though they gave you the, the permit? Or is the city liable for that? Well, I guess it depends on, you know, what the situation was. If you've, if you've, if you've built your exterior to the specifications, because there were specifications. Okay, there were specifications. Yeah, absolutely. Good, then, good. you know, then you're probably not as liable as if you had just not put up something that was protective. Yeah, you're putting up something with like plywood or something right, like exactly. that. exactly. Which I got to tell you, we had. I mean, I had like rope at one point and like a tent, top tent and like just rope outside. Because you were just trying to get people to sit outside and then the city. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it was like, oh, sit people in the street. Really? I get some people in the street? Okay, let me mark off my little area. This was a no holds barred situation to try and survive. God. Yeah. I'll, there's pictures of like the, um, you know, the, the the variations of the outdoor that we had starting in June of 2020 and, and, and up until now. I kept getting built out, more built out. Because at the beginning, the idea was just to try to get people to, out there, you know. Um, just to say that you had a space and that's like just another example of camaraderie. So I mentioned we are in front of a bus stop and that bus stop happens to be a covered bus stop. So there's not much space. And my, um, my storefront, which is what you can have your, uh, your outdoor space is like the length of your storefront. Right. Um, so my storefront is in front of the bus stop. So I couldn't build anything in front of my place because there was a bus stop and a hydrant, right? Um, but I got lucky and my next door neighbors, they're a, a retail wine space. Um, they said, well, go ahead and use our storefront. So my outdoor space is just next door in front of in front of where I am. Um, so that was just like another example of someone, you know, 
the survivorship is not, um, it didn't do it alone. You know, I had a lot of people that wanted to see us survive and wanted to see us do well. Um, and so uh, we are, our outdoor space is just like slightly over. But I think about all those people, um, even when you're trying to open a business now and like the things that you think were important pre-pandemic, like a big indoor space, that doesn't matter anymore. Now what you want is like a, a, a really long storefront you know, that isn't in front of any no parking type of situation. Um, and that was also crazy. It's like the things that you, as a retailer, you used to value um, in retail space. You don't value that anymore, you know, because you can't have people indoors. So what does it matter? Wow, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You want a busy place where there's a lot of transportation, especially here in the city. And now you're like, no, I don't want that anymore. Yeah, we used to love that bus stop. People yeah. would get on and off the bus. People would be waiting for the bus, and they would get tacos while they're getting on the bus to get a drink, whatever it is. Um, and then now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, if, you know, if we open another location, do we want it in front of a bus stop, in front of a high? Like, what kind, what kind of place am I, you know, what is important now? What is, like, in New York, what does it mean to have a retail storefront, a brick and mortar? And what are the things that you need um, to have your business survive? It completely changed. And then is it going to change back? You know, these are all the questions that we're also asking ourselves. Like, we did a 180 so fast, became, a, you know, a completely different type of service. And then we're all just kind of holding our breath, waiting to see, like, when is it going to go back, right? I think, I mean, maybe that's not just for us. Maybe everyone's just waiting to see what goes back to the way it was and what's changed forever. Um, but, yeah, that's also very stressful you know, especially if you're someone like who's always planning or always trying to do something else. It's like, well, the world is different now. How do we how do we deal with that? What well, what are we planning for? What information channels were you listening to to start, try to stay ahead of the situation? Or who were you listening to? Because I'm, I'm sure you had powwows all day. You're like, how do we stay abreast, you know, ahead of this situation? Other small business owners, definitely. Um, and the thing is, like, at that point... I'm just trying not to listen to the news because there's so many conflicting messages and the rules felt like they changed that if you heard a rule one day and you abided by it or you invested in it like the outdoor structure, then all of a sudden it's different the next day. Um, it was very frustrating. So small business owners, um, yeah, we had a lot of powwows. We had a lot of conversation. I mean, we're all, you know, serving people in the street. So we came out and talked to each other all the time. Um, but it, it, for me, and there were some moments where it just, it, there did not feel like there was a good source of, information like there was a good a, a trustworthy place where you could get information and and figure out you know what your next step was going to be you kind of just had to risk it wow you felt there was no leadership for the restaurant business and the community at all wow. i mean there are so many unknowns i don't know how there could have been um but well they could have gave good deadlines like look you can build outside starting on this day till further notice you know, why does it have to be a month? Why does it have to be two months? Like, I, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know when this is going to end. And everyone was saying that what we my thing is like what we knew is that we don't know. Yeah. So if you're telling a restaurant you can build outside, tell them we don't know when you're going to be when you're going to have to take it down. We'll let you know. I mean, I think there are people that see a lot of weakness in saying we don't know. It's like whether they're wrong or not, just saying something is better than not saying anything at all or saying that you don't know. But so, I mean, there's livelihoods. People got to get their leases paid. You got to pay, you know, you got to pay your lease. The landlord's got to pay his mortgage. Your 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 employees got to pay their bills. 
I mean, I think there's a lot of power in saying you don't know. When I don't know something, I go, hey, you know what? I don't know. I you know, but so many people were already afraid of things that they didn't know. They needed to believe that, that other people knew something, you know, even if it was incorrect. And even if time after time they're being proven incorrect on anything that they say, at least for that small period of time, maybe it kept people less panicky. Um, and, I, and I know for me, just to take the outdoor structure as an example, if someone had said to me, oh, yeah, go ahead, build this thing outdoors. You got to have it, you know, this strong with this thickness, this height, whatever it is. And I invest thousands of dollars into an outdoor structure. And then they're like, oh, hey, guess what? Uh, coronavirus is over. November, you got to take it down. <laughs> you know, that, that would have hurt, I think, more than having to go piece by piece with everybody else. Um, I mean, that's just my opinion, though. No, it's okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're here to listen to your opinion. You are the business owner, you know? That's, yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so many ways to think about it. What a mess. I know there are a lot of people that are really angry, but for me, it was just like, I I didn't see any sense in being angry because we were kind of, in this weird way, all in it together. Like, who, who are you going to get mad at? Yeah. Who's, you know, there's no one to be mad at. It's just a bad situation, and we're all trying to make the best of it. Um. So, yeah, it was frustrating, but pointing fingers didn't really, I mean, we were too busy to do that. I mean, well, coming up with solutions was, I mean, it seems like what you, the route that you chose to take. Yeah. You know, just, I mean. But I think all small business yeah. owners, you just had to come yeah. up with your own solution because yeah. it, it was mayhem for a while. And it's a lot easier to come up with your own solution than trying to, you know, find someone to be angry or blame or. I mean, there are a lot of protests, especially in Staten Island. They were going nuts out there. They were bugging. You know? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I think you yeah. know, people were afraid, and yeah. rightfully so. And fear causes that kind of anger. Yeah, I mean, nothing causes more anger than fear, that's yeah. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> God. Absolutely. And then sometimes you have people putting fear into you. It's just easier to block that all out so that you can get How were you it. able to block that out, man? How were you able to stay focused? I don't like, know that I did the all the time. Okay. Because um, you're pretty, I mean, I've seen you under pressure. You're pretty good at staying calm. I think you have to be, right? Like <laughs> I mean, but that's not a not everybody has that but skill. But it's just here, right? <laughs> like inside, you're just a big panicky mess. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the outside, you're like, well, what are we gonna do? We just gotta take it one day at a time. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I um there were little problems to be solved every day, and just solving one of them made you feel so much better than trying to think about like what this means for the big picture. Now, how, how was it dealing with the Department of Health? Were they breaking balls? Because, I mean, you know, that's always a pain in the butt, those dudes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, were they still doing inspections? Or now was it like, were they more trying to help you to make sure that you that you guys were following the newest, latest protocols that were coming out? Like, what was it dealing with, with the Department of Health? Because they're never easy. Uh, I mean, they were trying to be helpful. They were trying to keep... Say the truth. You just gave the biggest... <laughs> Look, I also consider them essential workers because they okay, had to I come mean, out. They, they had to risk their true. lives. They had yeah. to talk to us. They didn't get to be quarantined because they got to make sure that, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do because we're still servicing people. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, if there was a channel that you knew that no one knew anything, it was that channel. I mean, they would come one day and they would say, um, okay, as an example, right, you need, uh, they when we were able to open back our doors, there were rules uh, you had to follow. Your your employees had to answer questions about their health. And then someone would come and inspect those questions. And one of them was a temperature log. 
So you had to take everybody's temperature, you had to write it down, and they had to sign, or so I thought. Um, but then there were documents that they would send you to these logs that said on there that you cannot have your employees' medical records logged in. So it was more so an honor system in which the employee themselves says, yeah, I took my temperature today. I was under, you know, 100 degrees or under 99, and then I sign here. Um, but they would come and they say, well, what was that employee's so temperature? You to, so you had to worry about HIPAA violations and PHI laws? This is where we are now. This is where we are now. And the documents... So you can't be safe then. I mean, it's it's, it's an honor system like anybody could lie. Wow, it's crazy. No, continues. Yeah, keep telling your story. I'm yeah, sorry. no, I mean... I'm just boggled right now, so go ahead. Well, yeah, it... it... I, I'm boggled too still because it's, um, you know, it's a fine line between wanting to keep people safe without wanting to violate their rights. Um, and so I think it, it's a hard job to do. But um, if you work in a place where the honor system is important to everyone because that's what keeps you safe, then I think that then you're OK. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything else beyond that. Uh, but but I, I did think it was interesting that, you know, you have disclosures on documents that say don't keep this data on you. Just make sure that the employee says what they, you know, that they that they did what they needed to do today. Um, and then there's someone coming in and saying, well, where is all this information? And you're like, but it says in the document that you gave me that I downloaded from the city's website that I'm not supposed to keep these records on. Yeah, and then that just dead silence. It's like, so... Am I doing it right? Or is the way you're telling me to do it right? Like, what, what's, what am I supposed to do here? And, you know, and again, this is where, like, I can't be mad at anyone. I almost felt for them because they didn't have the answers. Because, again, we're back to no one did. You know, everyone's just trying to do the best that they can. Because they were supposed to be doing contact tracing, too. Like that, you know, because, you know, if somebody went to the, that restaurant, you're supposed to have that information. But yet you can't keep that information. That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And so the contact tracing, so that's on the customer side, right? So yeah. now you you make surveys or forms, they scan a QR code, they fill in the information. It's just like one person that says, and then you keep that. Uh, I kept that, you know, on, on a server somewhere. Um, and then, you know, never looked at it. And then I'm still waiting to know, like, can I delete this information? How long do I have to keep this information for? And that was the other thing was all of a sudden there were all these rules and then more rules and more rules. Um, and then just white noise, silence, because there's no information about the vaccine mandates, I feel like. Um, there's no clear-cut rule as to what I'm supposed to do, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm allowed to ask, and, um, and what I'm supposed to enforce. Um, and it felt, it feels um, like a little bit of a scare tactic, you know, because they they put out this information saying I'm I'm talking about vaccine mandates now, and I've completely <laughs> moved on to another thing. No, from I mean the QR no, it's, code, it's, it's like, all it's, it's mean, all related. Yeah, it's all related. Definitely, um, I want to hear about it all. This is but, insane. But wow. yeah, so the they they put out this um, you know, this information saying that people have to be vaccinated if they're going to work indoors now in your place, and that they're going to start doing inspections on a certain date. Um, and so, but there's Again, is it the honor system? Am I supposed to keep proof that all my employees are vaccinated? Or am I just supposed to tell them that they have to be vaccinated? And then when the person comes in to inspect, what's going to happen? Who gets the violation? The unvaccinated person or me? I don't know the answers to any of these questions. And try as I might, I haven't been able to get a straight answer from any reputable source as to exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, 
so again, you just kind of are doing the best that you can and trying to follow the rules to the best of your ability, which I got to say is more difficult now than I think it's ever been. There are no rules. <laughs> there are no concrete rules. There are no concrete rules. How do you follow non-concrete rules? Right. This is insane, man. Wow. And then you try to like take your lead from maybe other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, but that's also difficult because it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. You know, no one really knows anything from where I'm standing or from what I've been able to figure out. You know, maybe now you'll get like other guests that want to come in and say, oh, no, that's not been my experience. And they'll have a completely different. And I believe it. I'm sure that we've all had a million different experiences that will lead to like a whole story at some point in the future. I just love speechless, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's it's um, it's been a roller coaster. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy roller coaster. This is like going to Six Flags drunk and on every drug ever made. Like Probably, you have yeah. this so disorienting, this situation. <laughs> but you have to, but, uh, you know, so you could tell that people really love what they do because we went through all that. And um, I mean, for me, I still enjoyed being able to keep doing it. Yeah, you know, and that we're still that we're still here. But that was quite a challenge. I mean, come on, you're all. I mean, if 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 you're a person that likes overcoming challenges, man, you really proved your pandemic for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, being in the restaurant, restaurant industry in a pandemic, yeah, yeah that's for you. for you, absolutely. Because a lot, a lot of us, you know, a, a lot of people were also working from home. They're not dealing with the pandemic, really. You well, know I mean, the restaurant industry isn't easy to begin with, yeah. you know, without. A worldwide pandemic. Yes, let's talk about it. It's not it. That's the. That's not. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. And there are a lot of things that were, you know, brought to light. Um, in terms of what a restaurant's margins looks like and how much we get taken. Um, maybe taken advantage of by. I think so. I think so. You know, and, and I don't want you to discuss specifically why you say that. In terms of the margins and stuff. Um. It takes a lot to be able to prepare one plate of food for a person in terms of costs, right? Um, and I think that it totally makes sense that someone says to themselves, why do I have to pay this much for this? And it's like, well, all that's the whole reason you didn't do it for yourself, right? Because of all the work it took for you to prepare this at home, plus the cleanup. That's why you have to pay that much, because now you're paying people to do that. It's not like a button that you push and then the food just kind of appears and then the dish gets washed and then it gets put away. I like the auto mat. You remember yeah, the auto yeah, mat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not the Jetsons, you know? Yeah. You can't just like, I just, I totally just dated myself. But if anyone remembers that cartoon, which there's a new one coming out, don't worry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's talking about the new Jetsons. You know? <laughs> yeah, the new one, right. Um, so yeah, so, and then also, a lot of times things that seem like they're there, they exist to make your life easier, to make your business more cost effective, end up costing you more in the long run um, because everybody kind of needs something for their pockets. And so all of a sudden you're, you know, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about third party delivery and order sites, you know, those, I think for a long time, restaurants were saying like, um, we, we work for them and we don't get as compensated as we should because we give them a lot of our revenue. And yeah, they give us a lot of customers, but um, 
it it didn't really seem fair. So that was and you're like, talking about like Grubhub and these these places, Seamless, DoorDash. That's what you're discussing. Uber that. Eats, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, all of them, and and I think that um, you know the commission cap was huge. I think if if people were paying attention, you know, all of a sudden the city of New York came out and said these thirty party delivery sites uh, can't charge more than five percent commissions on each order. Um, so that that helped our margins a little bit. But the thing is, um, those commission caps will end. And then you have to think about what we were doing before the commission caps, you know, giving away 20 percent of your um, of your revenue to to someone who helps you get gets orders is a lot. You know, it's a lot. Um, and then and, and customers didn't before always understand why it costs so much. And it's because, like, there's a lot that goes into making sure that you can get your food properly. You ever thought about starting your own app or your own, you know, website over there, Citrico? Yeah, um, we have our but own. But that costs money and, too. Everything costs. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you're t- and you you know, and you're talking about the margin situation. You know what I mean? Because and 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 you're talking about the uh, the, the the fact of the 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 third party people, these guys, you know, the DoorDashes or whatever, but. Like you said, it costs money to make a, a plate of food, and you you got crazy leases here in New York. You know, you have. You can't sell liquor at, at, until a certain point of the day. Yeah, I mean, like th- th- there's just so many rules, and you know, it's like, why would you even want to start a restaurant in New York? It sounds crazy because you, you love it. Yeah, because yeah. you love the business. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why this. And then you got the Department of Health finding you left and right. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a. I mean that. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's the reason why I would never want to open a restaurant, and, and and I feel like I have a bunch of knowledge in my head that I could use to make a successful restaurant. But I would literally only consult with someone. Like I want no involvement because of those very reasons. It's not fun. They take the fun out of it for you. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's really difficult. And I think that was the only thing that worked to my advantage was that when I first started, I didn't have as much knowledge as I do now. So that's probably why I did it because I I didn't know as much, you know. Every like someone tells me that I'm gonna open a restaurant, I'm like, listen, let, wait, hold on, let's talk about this. Are you sure yeah. that you really want to do this? Yeah. Because I gotta tell you, you're in for a lot, you know. And I mean, you you talked about like health department and stuff like that, but you know who else? Um, so at, at one point, um, DOT, the Department of Transportation, is coming in inspecting your delivery guys, making sure that they're wearing helmets. I remember one time I got fined because. My delivery guy was not wearing a vest or a helmet, but he was leaving the restaurant to to go home. It's like, and then you know, I and then you have to go to court and explain that like that person was not on the clock at that time. Um, but that still takes time, and time is still his money, you know. So you get the ticket, and then you have to go and fight it. Um, and then at some point, you have to decide what's easier to spend your time fighting it or to just pay the fine. Uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it, um, and that's why it costs so much. Like that's why I, I eating out do is it. expensive. I can't. I hate that, man. I really do. I feel like they, you know, they they have to stop doing that to restaurant owners. To restaurant owners, or we're all going to be cooking from home. And I hope that the pandemic taught them a lesson. Well, I think it did. I mean, I think people became more understanding, you know. And when you say like that, you have to raise your prices because you want to pay your employees fair wages, or you have to pay your prices because the cost of your goods has gone up so much. Um, people understand it because they see it now and they're aware. It but was- it's the bureaucrats that need to understand it. They need to stop finding, you know, give warnings or something. Let me get away. It's like, yo, give me your money right away. 
I mean, everybody needs to make their money. Yeah, it's I, I unfortunate. Know. It's unfortunate. But, you know, but I feel like the restaurant business itself, it's like, I don't see Wall Street dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we messed up everybody's money. Here's a bailout. Yeah. Guys, you know what I mean? It's the money, you know? The restaurant bailout. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, you know, come on. It's annoying. It really is. It's difficult. I love the restaurant industry. Would I love to own a restaurant? No. But, you know... Could I see me consulting? Yes. But it's because of those very reasons. Because I don't feel that's fair. Look at what you... You know, like, everybody's losing their job. Everybody lost their jobs in the restaurant business. And, you know, Wall Street's walking around, you know, chilling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. You know? And I think that that's one of the things, like, you do it because you love it. Because yeah. really, it's, other, you know... And people love it. People like going to places. They love their local watering holes. They love their local places to eat food. You know, it, it's an important part of society and community. And, and in New York, like, it's such yes. a back, you know, huge. Without just like you said, like, how never difficult. never to anyone. How difficult it is to run it, but there's so many in New York. I mean, that says something. It's because, you know, we, the, the customers, the socialization, all of that. And, like, the pandemic took it all away. But that's how much more that they needed it. Because as soon as we were able to, everyone just came back. Um, and they I, did. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean... Are you at full capacity if you're vaccinated? Seating indoors, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you deal with the anti-vaxxers? You know, I'm sure you get those protests. I don't know. I mean, I feel yeah, like but... I said, like, I'm really lucky in that regards. Like, people, for the most part, are, are, are respectful. You know, it's like, there are people that are like, hey, can I sit inside? Because, you know, I'm not, if I'm not vaccinated, it's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't. I'm like, okay, well, then I'll sit outside, you know? And that's that. Um, so um, that might be the only thing that I can't really speak on. I haven't had a lot of pushback from customers. Like Many I people said. have been courteous. Courteous. Damn, I've been to some places where they're like, yo, they're not playing. Well, I've heard some stories, too, <laughs> <laughs> about people. People go back. And that's when that, that's yeah. another added stress is like, well, am I going to be the next story on the news that like a server just asked for like a vaccination and all of a sudden, you know, they're in the hospital or something like that's crazy. That's that's not why we're doing yeah, this, you man. know. Um, so, so yeah, so that's like an added stress, but luckily I've been pretty fortunate in that area that there hasn't been like a lot of, like you said, everyone's been courteous. That's good, man. I, that's good to hear, man. Cause it's like, you're already stressed. You gotta catch out. a break. Everyone's yeah, like, like, customers I'm, are giving I'm already you a break. cleaning your Corona dish. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> God bless you guys, man. I miss you guys. I miss the business. I have great memories, man. But I don't know if I could go through this again, man. I don't know how you guys did it. This is, you guys are my heroes, honestly, man. And I really hope that everybody that was in the restaurant business, you know, and wants to go back really, you know. That they can. That they can and they 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 fall in a place that's nice. Yeah, right? I think that's why it's we're It's worth their while, here. you know. Absolutely. God, Nor. God. I didn't know. This is very, this is devastating to hear man you know what i mean but you you have a good composure i mean you have a, a good uh, outlook and you know god man like i don't know how you do it <laughs> I, don't know I, I don't know i mean for the i think in some ways it makes it easier to just try to ha like have a positive outlook on yeah. things because if you don't then um you're not religious are you no not really <laughs> Fortunately not. That might have helped me a little bit in this situation. <laughs> that might have made things a little bit easier. But no, not not super religious. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Spiritual, spiritual. Sure, you know? spiritual. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah.
So what do you look like? What do you look for now in in in, in people that you're going to be hiring in the future? Like now, what's the ideal work? <laughs> Someone willing to work? Yo, I mean, like <laughs> gone down to the basic level. It's crazy. Show you want to work, work for me? You. Great, come work for me. That's great. You know, and then and it, and it, like I said, it ebbs and flows. It's like all of a sudden I have so many applications and I don't have any positions, and then I'll find times where like I don't have any applicants and I'm in dire need of positions. Um, so that's, that's always, you know, the rest before the restaurant industry to me felt kind of like a revolving door. It was like people come in, they stay for a while and then they move on, but there's always someone that's willing to, you know, come in yeah. and, and take their place. The in, turnover in rate is good. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. a good, you know, it's something that worked to our advantage in a sense. And then all of a sudden that stopped being true. And it's like, we could first, we did the hiring freeze, right? Where we're just not hiring anyone. And then obviously people move on to other things because there's no hiring going on. So then all of a sudden you open your doors back up again, you're in desperate need of people. And there's no one to be hired because they're doing other stuff because they're scared. They're not valued. All the things that you said that makes it difficult to work in the restaurant industry. I think people took a step back and was like, why am I doing this? You know, for what? And that 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 was really hard. Wow. Right now we're talking to Noor Shikari, the owner of Sidraco out in Brooklyn. The uh, you know, it's not Park Slope, Prospect Park. Area. Prospect Heights, Park Park. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Prospect Park slash Heights area, really getting into the business of the uh, <laughs> restaurant debacle that ensued after the March of 2019. Do you regret anything? No. <laughs> Took it like a champ, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's never any regrets. I mean, you know, everything... Everything, well, I don't know. You, I used to say everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the reason for the pandemic and all that stuff was, but I'm sure it'll come to light at some point. That's bigger than me, for sure. God, according to the conspiracy theories, it's population control. So yeah, that's I know, even, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's social security. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, you know, we got to lower down the pool, you know? <laughs> I'm living my life not to have to worry about that anymore, <laughs> like, for real. That's one thing I learned during the pandemic. No, don't, don't do something where you don't have to worry on social security. Yeah, you know? and do something for yourself, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, Noor, we've reached a point in the podcast where it's time to play Five Words with Angel. Right, Norm, five words with Angel. I'm going to give you a word, phrase, or question. You're going to give me the first word, phrase, or thought that comes to your head. However, if you want to leave a dissertation because you were so motivated by the, the topic that I spurted out, you know, by all means, go ahead. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first phrase is Mexican food versus Indian food because I know you're part Indian. And we're talking about Asian Indian, right? That part. Uh, yeah, so if you had to choose. Oh, if I had to choose? You had to choose. Oh, I thought you just wanted me to talk about them. No, oh. no. If you had to choose. Hungover one night, too many bourbons. Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, all righty. I love it. Keeping it real here on Five Words with Age. They have a lot of... They have a lot of stuff in common, though. They're both very laborious cuisines, and I think that they're not properly represented a lot in this country. So, but okay, that was not your question. Your question was no, just it's okay. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, where's a good Indian spot you think people should? I don't know. Go, you know, really, because they don't do a good job out here. It's just not being done well. 
So home cooked is the best. I think home cooked is the best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely things that I could order, but I don't. Yeah, I don't really have like a go to. Indian restaurant, unfortunately. That's probably why I chose Mexican food. Do you cook it? No. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't cook. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Huge oxymoron. Absolutely. Restaurant owner that doesn't cook. But this is why it's my dream. That's a I don't cook statement. for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I love to eat, so we oh, got to make sure that that's taken care of. Well, thank you for keeping it real. Wow, <laughs> was I not expecting that? <laughs> I don't think anyone ever is. Wow. So, I mean, so when, when somebody doesn't make the dish properly, do you even get on them about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can critique it. I can eat okay. it. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a con- <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of food. Okay. But sometimes, you know, that doesn't always mean that you're the creator of it, right? Gotcha. It's, yeah, that's true. It's on both sides. And you have to respect. You can enjoy art, but it doesn't mean that you're the artist all the time. What do you feel about Mexican food, though, overall now as uh, time has progressed here in New York? In New York, it's gotten a lot better. I like Cafe Enrique over there in Long Island City. You been there? No, I haven't been there, it's but delicious. yeah. delicious. I ain't going to lie, man. Those enchiladas were fantabulous. Absolutely. Can front. All right, like the next word on five words with Angel, word number two. What do you think about when you think about bartenders? <laughs> Angel? No. <laughs> I feel like you do that on purpose. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting you to say that, but hey. <laughs> I thought that's what I was supposed to say. Um, what do I think about when I think about bartenders? I mean, yeah, definitely another essential worker maybe even under appreciated okay you know gotcha um hustlers some of us some of us don't put in that kind of work man well i guess it depends on the establishment because i've i've seen bartenders in really high pressure situations and you know you talk about keeping your cool yeah i mean that's the you have to keep your cool as as a bartender yeah your vibe is the vibe of the bar to be honest with Sometimes you. Sometimes your vibe is you the vibe of the whole restaurant. Citrico? No. We don't. Yet. That's why okay. it was a little bit difficult to answer because, okay. like, my servers are my bartenders. Okay. You know? and so, so what do you think about servers? You know what? Let's do another word there. Have bartenders slash servers. You know what I'm saying? Servers for me, salespeople. Gotcha. 100%. I mean, that's what I think makes a good server. And that's what I think. Um, that's how I feel like a good server views themselves as, you know, a salesperson. And so you got to work where somewhere where, you know, you like the product. Noah, do you have these conversations with servers, though? Because I really, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I started in the restaurant game as a youngster. And I was, I was, you know, I, I, you know obviously I developed uh, uh, love and understanding and, and knowledge of the culinary arts, you know, as you get older. But I honestly feel like I never truly respected the game. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize how important it was to be a salesman until like the 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 third the final third of my restaurant service career, like well, I feel like I, I would have been able to make a lot more money had I had a better disposition from the beginning. If somebody would have took me under their wing and be like, "Look, be, this is a salesman job. Like the, the 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 better your disposition, the more consistently you can keep your disposition. The more you know about the food, the more money you're gonna make because it's the facts." And a lot of people don't feel that way. I feel like servers come to work and they're just going through the motions or bartenders go to work 
and they're just going through the motions, but they don't really understand that this is my, this would be my number one advice to any bartender slash server. You keep that disposition positive. You're able to be fake, if you want to call it that. You'll make a lot of money in this business, you know? Well, I was going to say, I think it's unfortunate that you didn't know that or realize that until the last third of your career. Um, because then, you know, that speaks a lot to the people that were overseeing your your job duties, right? Because someone has to I think come I was hard-headed. And... I'm not going to blame them. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know your situation <laughs> Maybe they couldn't but... get through to me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm a hard person to get but through. But I mean, you know what, 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 is, what is more comprehensible than, you know, the more you sell, the more money you make. I mean, at that point, I'm not even talking, you know, I'm talking about you. I'm talking yeah. about your livelihood. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to push things as much as possible because that's, what, what? Yeah, but if you're not giving me, I'm the type of person, if you're not giving me examples, like there was no bar rescue back in those days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there wasn't no way for me to go, you know, on a TV show. So like, damn, like, dude, this guy's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like th- that, there wasn't, I wasn't having those kind of conversations where, yo, if you do this, this correlates to this and this correlates to this and your percentage could be this. But not only that, if people really take a liking to you, your, your tip could be exponential. You could build a... You know, you know, I mean, I knew that you could build networks with people, but you could really build great networks with people. Well, you could do more than that. You can yeah. build brands. I mean, yeah. I know that I definitely have servers that people come in and ask me about. It's like, oh, so-and-so is not working today. Like, they come in to see them. And that's why there is, you know, there is a—they're— they're, that's why I call them salespeople, right? Because yeah. a lot of times it's like they're they're the front of house. They're the face of the restaurant. And so yeah. that's why they need to be able to— um, like coming to work every day. And you have these conversations with them all the time. I try to. I hope okay. I do. I mean, okay. I think about it all the time. Yeah. I hope that I, you know, express myself in that way with them. Yeah. I mean, you always you were always able to get through to me. You know, you're one of, <laughs> you're one of the very few. Did yes. I catch you maybe in the last 30 of your career? You definitely <laughs> called me in the, you, you called me in the final seconds of my career. <laughs> you were the last manager I ever worked for, to be honest with you. So you did. You called me at the end. You saw the death of my service career, you know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right. The third word on five words with Angel is the Department of Health. <laughs> what do you think about you think about the Department of Health? Necessary evil. A necessary evil. Gotta love it, man. You know. Shout out to my people at DOH. I actually worked at the DOH building. So, you know, I got a lot of love for those people. I'm not gonna lie, they do a good job. A lot of those people are great. So I know that we poked a lot of fun at them today, but I guess I got a little love for them. I know No, you got, I mean that's what I was saying. They're essential yeah. workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, evil is, it's harsh, but it, I mean, I think that even they would kind of have to recognize this, like, oh, they, you're not, you're not pulling back. They, <laughs> I thought you was about to backtrack. You're like, no, oh, I mean, they, I, I still yeah. have, you know, a lot of respect for what they do and their job is to control the quality and make sure and keep people safe, which we've talked a lot about. And it's become a lot more important in the pandemic. Um, but, uh, but a lot of times it's, it's difficult to have someone come in and tell you how to do your job, even though you know that maybe they're right, you know? So emphasis on necessary then. Okay. No, it's true. I agree. You know, I, I, I'm just going to stop commenting now on the DOH. I know that they've had a rough podcast this time. <laughs> All right. The fourth word. What do you think about when you think about Citrico? Uh, I think about something fresh. I think about something uh, light um, and something flavorful. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
and we're gonna get your information on the restaurant later so we can get everybody out there and what dishes are great and all that good stuff all right we're gonna get into that after this all right and the fifth word i, I you know i was i wasn't debating it but I had, I just had to, you know what I mean? And I've had other people here. <laughs> I felt like this was the perfect time to use this one of five words with Angel. The word is, it's it's an acronym, OTG. That's the company Noor and I used to work for back in the Dizzle, you know? <laughs> um, when I think about OTG, I think about travel. Okay. <laughs> I think about uh, technology. Okay. Um, and I think about the people that I worked with and how I hope that they're all doing really, really well. I really hope they are too, man. I've seen them in the paper, actually. They went to the New York Times. They, one of the shop stewards. Apparently, there was some real stuff going on over there, man. Like, they, they, they were, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, because, you know, they were letting everybody go, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a whole exodus. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, you know, shout out to everybody at OTG. Hope you're doing well. Now, let's talk about Citrico. Let's talk about Citrico. Why is it delicious? It's delicious for the, uh, the words that came to my mind, there? you know? Like, the concept started with uh, trying to change the perception of Mexican food in this country and let people know that it does have, like, a healthy aspect to it. It has a fresh aspect to it. Um, that there is a lot more variety than I think that people were used to in terms of the cuisine. It's, uh, you know, it's a, hu- it's, a, it's a big country with landlocked areas, with coastal areas, um, with... Uh, a bit, like a very very rich uh history um and and so i think that we try to encompass that in in all the dishes that we put out so um now is it poblano like is it a universal mexican flavor it's a South Central. who's your chef first of all let's talk about the chef situation do you have a were you able to keep the same chef during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. who's the chef? We kept the same chef. This, okay. The creator of the menu, okay. you know, stayed with us. How long us has and, he been with you? Um, since the since the inception, since the start. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. Um, and so all the dishes come from uh, South Central Mexico. South Central so a Mexico. Lot, yeah, a what lot. What towns of, are those? I'm not too familiar with them. With the the. Um, the, the what do you say the uh, provinces the yeah the state so oaxaca right. guerrero um okay. uh puebla um tlaxcala um part of the yucatan peninsula the yucatan my... peninsula i love that word the <laughs> yucatan <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out to mexico i love mexicans Absolutely. i'm gonna be honest with you you know shout out to you guys keep doing your thing but yeah, so okay, so it's 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 a plethora of different uh, states that you're bringing this food from. Yeah, and uh, a lot of like Mexican food that's known in in this country comes from you know the northern part, obviously like the part that's bordering with our mm-hmm. country. So uh, there's Tex-Mex, there's California Mex, Baja, uh, which has all its merits in itself. But we were trying to bring something that's a little bit more central for, to the country um, into 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 New York. So. That's also is another thing. Like you could go there and you can get things that you probably wouldn't see in like a regular Mexican restaurant setting. Yeah, no, Mexican food is OD elaborate. So what do you have? Like, give me some examples. Come on, tell us the menu. Okay, so we talked about um, we make tortillas by hand. Okay, um, do you make the blue corn tortillas by we hand? Make, we make blue you corn. You lying. But I'm- see, the thing is, we 
again, this is another thing about the supply. So I don't want people coming in and being like, where's my blue corn tortilla? Because okay. we haven't been able to do it. All right, it in then a while. I they're not there, but you will have them available once things get hopefully, up and running. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. That's hopefully. something that we're striving right, cool. for. So you um, did have the blue corn tortillas. Yeah, yeah. I slapped we used man. To make our, I love those. Those are we used to make our fish tacos bueno. on blue corn tortillas. Yeah, for absolutely. Real? For a long time. That was wow. Um, and then we also uh we have chile rellenos. Um, we I love our, chile relleno. Oh, man, we do it the old. What 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 region is that like a dish from? Is that like poblano? Like what yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we well, see. I know a little something, something. <laughs> I'm a little educated in this thing, you know. <laughs> um, and then let me think of something else. Um, we do. Uh, one of my favorite dishes is called um, uh, wasontles. What, what's that? Okay, it is. Um, it's actually a completely vegetarian dish. Um, we take these greens, um, you can make them into patties or you can take them right off the stem. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, rellenos with cheese. So stuffed with cheese, just flash fried and then a salsa roja. Um, the plant is actually, um, it's called lamb's quarters because when you turn it upside down, it looks like the hind leg of a lamb. Um, but it's, uh, it's a cousin to quinoa. So the stem is like kale, but the ends are almost like broccoli or like quinoa, like a, like a green, like a small texture. It's really, really good. That's not something that you'll um, find in a lot of Mexican restaurants in New York, but it's, it's a very common dish. Oh, wow. Wow, you stepping your game up over there, Citrico. I've never seen, I've never even heard of that. Oh, yeah. Number one. Gotta come. Oh, no, I will be there. No, definitely. <laughs> and sooner rather than later. Absolutely. We have a great selection of mezcals, too. Really? I love mezcal. Oh, I'm a big fan of mezcal delicioso. I love mezcal. I love talking to people about mezcal, too, you know, because mm -hmm. it has, it's like wine. It has its varietals. People, you know, tequila had its Could you explain mezcal to the public that doesn't know Absolutely. about what a mezcal is? Because they always confuse it with te with tequila, and it's nothing like tequila. It's 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 actually so the easiest way to describe it is um, tequila is a type of mezcal, right? Okay. So there are all these different mezcal plants. Blue agave is one type of mezcal plant, and that's what tequila is made from. You have all sorts of other mezcal plants. So you have like espadín, barril. Um, when you see those names on there, that's the mezcal plant that that liquor was distilled from. Um, so, so it's like, uh, varietals in wines and grapes. That's the same thing with mezcal. Mezcal has a whole bunch of different varietals. Tequila happens to be one of them. You'll, most people know mezcal from like a smoky flavor. You can have ones yeah. that are a little bit more. I like those. I like the smoky ones. Absolutely. Man. I like those. Delicioso. Yeah. Wow. So you have different mezcals. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's and they, dope. they change. They rotate too. Like really? they're, yeah. Yeah. And you you stay on top of that like you you, you know you're a mezcal connoisseur if you yeah, will. Absolutely. <laughs> what do they call What do they call people that are that are experts at wine? Uh, sommelier, you're like a mezcal sommelier. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very high title. I don't know about that. <laughs> Does it even exist? Are there mezcal sommeliers? Sure yeah. There is. Wow. All right, so you have that. What kind of drinks? What's up with the drink situation? You're putting roses in uh, margaritas. Like what we have going on there? We have um, we have a whole bunch of we have a lot of different flavors. Um, we have uh, we we do like a fresh hibiscus. So in fresh hibiscus, fancy. We are in Prospect Heights, you know. <laughs> I I mean I don't know how fancy it is, but yeah. um, it's. It is something that like we make in house. Come on, don't be um, modest. We're here. We're here now. We're no, I'm not being modest. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm being realistic. Okay. It's not like okay. uh, you know. There's a difference between kind of like uh, respect to the craft and and labor intensive. Yeah. And then you know being fancy. I don't know that fancy you're always is so, us. You're always so humble, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll never get a rise out of nowhere, you know. 
<laughs> no, so continue. Yes, please, the drinks. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, so uh, we have... Um, I'm trying to think of, like, one of my favorite... I mean, honestly, like, my favorite thing is just, like, a mezcal rita. Um, sounds a little bit made up, but it's basically a margarita made with mezcal. Ooh. And... The trick is no mixers, you know, no margarita mix. It's just lime juice. Um, Fresh ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. And nice. that's kind of what makes it so that you can taste so that you can taste the liquor. So you can taste the mezcal. So you can enjoy it. Yeah, so no simple syrup in that as well. Nice. Oh, man, you know what you're doing. You makes it so you doing. can drink mezcals all night. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't get a headache. No, that, yeah, and that lime really helps you, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And it the really lack helps of you. sugar. You don't need yeah, it. Yeah, you don't need it. No, that's definitely going to get to your head. Give you that rush of blood to your head you don't need. You know, you wake up the next day, you can't even move. Jesus. Okay, so we touched on the drinks. What else you got on the drink menu that we should be expecting when we go there? Um, Actually, right now, uh, we're going to start doing Mexican wines for the Mexican fall. Mexican wines. Really so yeah, Mexico's, absolutely. Mexico's in the wine game now. Yeah, absolutely. I can't say I've ever had a Mexican wine. They're really good. Really? Um, they're very good. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited. I'm getting a couple of uh, a oh, couple of reds in. Huh? No, I was about to say something. I don't want to be. I don't want to be insensitive. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a comedian. You know, I can't get away with it. You know? <laughs> I don't want to get. I don't want to get canceled by my Mexican people. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing for the fall. Yeah. So we're gonna do Mexican wine. So you yeah. like definitely check us out later for that. That's so cool, man. Damn, the game is... I, you know, I, that's the one thing I like about the uh, the restaurant and the service industry game. It's always changing and evolving. Now Mexico's coming out with wines. And what are they doing? Are they, they're focusing more on the white or the red? They're doing a you know, mix of both? Like, what's happening? Mostly reds, but Mostly there are reds. some whites okay. I'm looking for. I, to be completely honest, I haven't tried any of the whites yet, but we're, we're getting there. I mean, you know, in the fall yeah. and the winter, trying to... Focus more okay, on so reds. you do have wine. You have beer as well. I, I would have imagine. wine, you beer, have a large yeah. Selection of beer. We do micheladas. You more. do michelada. Damn, I haven't had a michelada. Wow, like maybe seven years, eight years. Michelada and a fish taco on like a June day. Is oh nothing man, bad. any day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 I have one on Halloween. You know, you open on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. We Halloween? open up on. We open on Halloween. Um, is that a fun area to be on Halloween? Are people getting dressed up and stuff? Yeah, or? the museum too. Like it's a really nice area. Oh to really? Be. Yeah. Oh absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Nice, nice. Okay, so we touched on the drinks. We touched on the mezcal that you that. You guys are specializing in, what did I miss? We touched on the food. Desserts, any dessert situation? What's happening there? Yeah. Um, well, another thing, I'd, so again, going with like the freshness of everything and yeah. trying to change, you know, the perception of Mexican food in this country, we actually, we do, we cater a lot to like vegans. Okay. Um, we have a lot of vegan dishes because like I said, Ooh. we make everything from scratch. Yeah. Um, even our stock. So we don't use chicken stock. We make our own vegetable stock and that's the base for a lot of our sauces, a lot of okay. our salsas. Um, so we can we can have um, we can make you a really delicious vegan meal that even if you're not a vegan you would definitely enjoy. And it, it has flavor. You're not missing flavor. Can any flavor? Okay, we don't like that bland stuff. You know what I'm saying? The reason I bring that up when you talk about desserts is because that was one of the hardest things for us was to be able to get a dessert just because vegan is not wasn't like our forte. That's not really what what we started out doing. But yeah. we wanted to be able to um, incorporate those customers and be able to have them eat our Mexican food. And so um, we just recently got a vegan flan on the menu. Vegan flan. I thought flan was vegan. I guess not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it. um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we finally got a vegan flan in. So um, that we make in house. We make all our desserts in house. Um, and then we have this great citrus cake. It's called the carota. It's actually 
Um, it's actually, it's a common Mexican dessert. Um, it's like a lemon lime mousse we make from scratch. Oh, and delicious. We layer uh, it in between cookies, um, like the Mexican biscuits. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that's really, really good. Yeah. And then we make, um, we also have like homemade gelatos and a chocolate mousse. Nice. Now, can you get a prefix menu there? Like, what do you do for parties? Like, what's the largest party you get? Or it's like, you're not doing that right now. We're not doing super large parties. I mean, yeah. like, you know, we can seat maybe 10, 15 people at a table if we need to. Yeah, absolutely. No prefix. I told you, we're not fans. Sit your clothes, the place to be, huh? Yeah. Come down, check us out. Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. All right. Yeah, no, tell DM. us. Tell us where to find us. Like, give us the skinny if you have social media, all that stuff. Yeah, Go, absolutely. Yeah. So, www.citricobrooklyn.com. So, Citrico is C I T R I C O. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at CitricoBK. Uh, we also, um, we're on Washington Avenue, right by the Brooklyn Museum, near Grand Army Plaza and Prospect, the entrance to Prospect Park, the, the Brooklyn Library, too. Um, if you're ever in that area, you can definitely come check us out. All right, everyone. Noor, thank you so much thank for being you, here. Angel. It was such a Telling pleasure. Telling us all about that. Wow, that was a roller coaster of an interview. Let me tell you. <laughs> Everyone, that was Miss Noor Shikari here on the Angel of Words podcast, the owner of Citrico. Don't forget to follow Citrico and go visit it in BK. It's one of those amazing eateries that uh, are uh, going to be iconic or probably are iconic in the neighborhood. I don't know. I'm not from there. I wouldn't know, but it sounds super delicious, so I'm pretty sure it is. Don't forget to tap on that notification bell. Share these messages. It's important on YouTube. And we're also on uh, all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever wherever you get a podcast, you can find this. And pretty soon, Spotify is going to be uh, putting video out. So you're going to be able to watch the Angel of Words podcast, hopefully down the line on Spotify. That's cool. Now, if you uh, want to go and uh, purchase some merch, go to www.aowent.com. We have our blog there as well. And uh, if you want to leave a donation to the content creating team here at Angel of Words, uh, it's a, a cash app, A-O-W-N-Y-C. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you later.